Hello and welcome to Living Your Legacy. My name is Shauna Hamilton and I am a senior strategist on the Family Advisory and Philanthropy Services team here at UBS. The mission of our group is to serve as a thought partner for exceptional families. We understand that our clients' needs extend beyond the purely financial. So we take a strategic and sustainable approach to managing their wealth for continuity. Part of this is working with our clients and their families to help them articulate and implement a legacy. We believe that legacy is built in everyday decisions, actions, and in achieving goals, philanthropic and otherwise. Through dialogue, we hope to inspire and guide clients to explore their purpose and develop their legacy. And to highlight legacy being built every day, our guests today are Dale and Katie Carlson. Dale is the founder and CEO emeritus of Ticket to Dream, a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hope and opportunity for foster children across the country. Ticket to Dream provides the essential items, experiences, and support systems for foster kids to thrive. Over the years, Dale has also served as the president and chief strategy officer for Mattress Firm and was the founder and CEO for Sleep Train Incorporated. He has a BA in real estate finance and insurance from California State University and lives in California with his wife, Dr. Katie Carlson, who we also have with us today, and their two children. Dr. Katie Carlson is a pediatrician and volunteer clinical faculty at UC Davis Medical Center. Katie was the medical consultant for California Children's Services prior to founding the Circle Clinic in Sacramento in conjunction with Davis, the Mind Institute, and the County of Sacramento. The Circle Clinic was established in 2020 to provide coordinated trauma-informed care for foster kids and other at-risk children. Katie serves on both the California CASA and Ticket to Dream boards. Together, she and Dale pursue their philanthropic passion for serving foster youth and are building an incredible legacy together. Dale and Katie, we are so thrilled to have you join us on UBS Living Your Legacy. Shauna, we're very excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you, Shauna. We're thrilled to be here. Wonderful. Well, let's start at the start. Dale, while you were CEO of Sleep Train, you began the Sleep Train Foster Kids Program, which then evolved into the Ticket to Dream Foundation, the core of your charitable giving. As you were building your business, what made you decide to incorporate your philanthropic passion into your business? Well, Shana, when I first started the business, you know, I was raised that, you know, you should get back um, in whatever way you can. So when I first started, uh, I started a program called Mattresses for Kids, actually, that was the very first uh, start into this. And I had uh, experienced a, a program at, at, in my um, college that uh, what brought me to a group home. And so I had some exposure with that and realized that, you know, there was a need for mattresses and I had mattresses that I could get at a discounted rate and I could make that work. I, then I worked with my factories. I got them to participate so that we could give out mattresses. Um, for kids. And so we started with that program until in 2006, um, I bought um, a company called Sleep Country USA up in Seattle, Washington. And um, they had just done a program where they had um, asked the customer to bring in items for foster kids. And I started looking at that and thought, you know, that is a great program because I was also raised that you don't talk about your charity, you just do it. Um, but what I realized was that there was a need that was out there and the cause that was out there was important. We had a megaphone, um, called our advertising. We advertised a ton. And so I worked with my, uh, my radio partners and my TV partners and together we put together a program where we would, we would promote, um, the ability for our consumer to engage and help 
bring in items for foster kids. You know, we talked about foster kids, Shauna, but I really probably should give um, your listening on this a little bit of background on foster youth because most people don't know much about them. Is that okay? Absolutely. Please do. Great. Um, well, foster kids, you know, um, basically they're, they're kids that really did nothing wrong. They simply had parents that for one reason or another could not care for them at the time, and so they entered a system. Sadly, one child enters the foster care system every two minutes. So there are over 400,000 foster kids in the system at any given time. But in the system, the system's sadly broken, and there's, there's needs that are out there that weren't being met. Simple needs like school supplies, backpacks, pajamas, holiday gifts, clothing, shoes, the opportunity to go to camp, the opportunity to, to play sports, the opportunity to go to dance lessons or any of the extracurricular activities that other kids got to do was not being met for foster kids. So that's when we started the foster, the Seek Train Foster Kid program. But when we realized that we started that, it was a great cause. What you really can't ask people to give stuff without having a 501c3 for them to give it to. And that's when we founded the Ticket to Dream Foundation. And um, at the beginning, Katie was our, our president, and we had a couple other board members that we had, we pulled together to, to start the organization and to put it as part of our, uh, part of our company, something that was a vital, there was a value incorporated in our company from the beginning, but it really took hold in 2008 when we really said, this is, we put a stake in the ground. We said foster kids is our cause. Foster kids are what we're about. Foster kids is what we will be about for here on forward with the company. When I sold the company um, to Mattress Firm, part of the reason I sold the company was, quite frankly, so I could take this program nationwide, which is what we did. And it was it was the best thing for them, the best thing for me. The, the ability, you know, the understanding of how to incorporate um, – a charity or philanthropy um, program into a company, I thought was vital. And I wanted to help others do that. And so I left Mattress Firm in order to really take hold of Take It a Dream and to take it to the next level. So that's, in a big nutshell, that's uh, kind of how it all happened. <laughs> Thank you. That That's incredible background. And just to comment on the extraordinary numbers, Dale, of the number of foster youth and the system. Thank you for sharing that and for connecting those statistics to stories because these are people's lives, of course. I also really love that you you recognize your reputational capital that you could use your advertising dollars for good. So thank you for sharing that with all of us. And to follow on that last point you made, Dale, um, what was your experience in transitioning Ticket to Dream from a corporate philanthropy model, if you will, where Ticket to Dream had had built a reputation and was identified as correlated to your business to where it is today. It's a, a more independent charity that's less identified with your business. What did you learn? Well, we, we learned a, a lot. One, um, you know, scale is everything, as, as we know. And what what we learned was that we intuitively knew the value of um, philanthropy within an, an organization and within a company, but we needed to figure out how to how to share with others so that we could build our partnerships and bring more more companies on board to help support what our cause was. So with that, we sat back and looked at why what were the benefits that we received at, at Sleep Train um, for that, and you know it was really quite clear. It was actually um, eye opening for me because we did it because it was the right thing to do. But from a business standpoint, it was an amazing thing to do. 
you know, we, we saw that our customer loyalty went up because they saw us as a caring company. They saw us as somebody that truly gave back, someone that made a difference because all of our advertising that we did, we did not talk about our sales when we talked about foster kids. We talked about sales in a separate ad and we talked about foster kids in their own standalone ads that we had help with the, the stations to, to get out there. But so the customers saw that we were authentic, that we meant what we were doing and that this was a cause that we believed in. So the customer loyalty went up. We had time and time again customers would say, we shop here because you take care of others. Our employee retention skyrocketed. And our engagement skyrocketed because they were working for a company that cared. They saw every day as the customers brought in backpacks, shoes, pajamas, and put them in the bins. And as our warehouse guys distributed to them, everyone throughout the organization was able to engage in the fact that our company did more than just sell mattresses. We also also took care of others. And then most importantly, we saw that our sales skyrocketed. The other thing, when we look back and said, okay, the cause foster kids. I know why I chose it. But why would it be important to others who were looking at the business model? And so we looked and said, you know, there is a lot of causes out there, but foster kids is a cause that had no political issues with it. These were kids that did nothing wrong. They needed help. Who's in their kids? Why wouldn't somebody want to help them? You know, but you touch on all the needs that people are concerned about. You touch on education. You touch on technology access. You touch on employment readiness. Sadly, you also help solve some human trafficking issues and homelessness. You know, over 40% of the foster kids experience homelessness. So, I mean, it was, uh, and 60% of trafficking victims come from, from foster kids. So you're able to actually make social good and changes by actually taking care of these kids. And if we take care of these kids now, we solve all sorts of problems. So being able to communicate that to to others was a, a, a learning experience of how do we do this? And then just reaching out and finding and vetting out all of our partners because we have over 200 partners in all 50 states. So how can we um, find the partners that are right, that are doing the good, that are actually taking care of foster kids and doing it right? And so we, we went through a program to do that as well as just how do we make, because what we saw the advantage for sleep train was we had local impact, but we could do it regionally and nationally when I went to Mattress Firm. So we had a program that we could go to a company like Famous Footwear, who is a great partner of ours, has joined us because they can they they can actually have local impact where all their stores are, but they're a national company and they have one source to talk to. And so just putting that all together was a whole different business model than I was used to of how do we do that, and we were able to put it together, and it's working fantastic. We've reached over 2.4 million kids so far. That's incredible, Dale. And you, you touched on so many important points, the, the power of prevention, of supporting youth that have intersecting needs, local impact, as you named, but for a national scale, and, and really influencing the culture of your company with your purpose, your charitable purpose at the core. That was, that was phenomenal. Thank you. Katie, I'd like to move on to you because you have uh, extraordinary experience as a medical doctor and are on the board, of course, of Ticket to Dream and the former president. Can you share how your background in the medical field has influenced how you work with children and youth in foster care? Sure, Shauna. Thank you for this opportunity. I, As Dale mentioned, um, we, we as a 
as a, I guess as a family. And as, the company Sleep Train was like a family when it began as well. So it, it became our culture just in general to give back. And and with foster children, in my experience level, well, how that intersected is almost organic, actually. It really came from two different aspects because Dale's the businessman in our family and I'm a doctor, right? So they're very different worlds. However, um, what I found in my medical practice, and it, it was interesting, I was a volunteer clinical faculty teaching pediatric residents how to be pediatricians, basically. So I was doing this at UC Davis. Oftentimes, we would see foster children come in with their resource parents. They're called resource parents, foster parents now. Um, uh, and they were brought in with very little background information oftentimes, even though the system is set up for the foster parent, resource parent to have background in medical and, um, you know, educational background brought to the appointment. Oftentimes, that information was missing, and the pediatrician had no recourse. Um, or how on um, how to contact a social worker, and we did. As pediatricians, we had no training, absolutely zero training around the care of children and youth in foster care. So I just became in 2008, around the time Pediatric Dream was founded, I really became interested in this aspect of care coordination around healthcare needs, um, because the American Academy of Pediatrics has designated foster children and youth as children with special health care needs because what we've done is created, even though we're trying to make them safer by taking them out of their parents' or family's homes, we've created probably some additional trauma in doing so because every child, almost every child in that situation is feeling like they want to go back to see their family. And um, despite abuse, in many cases, they're, they're very loyal. I mean, that's what they know. Right. So trauma became a really big, important part of my training. And I've, I've learned a lot about trauma informed practices and ACEs in the last few years. And what it instigated for me was the need for care coordination. And so gratefully, I'm forever grateful that my husband and I share this passion because it allowed me when I retired from California Children's Services in 2020 to open this comprehensive integrated care clinic in Sacramento County. It is not at the scale of Ticket to Dream. It is much, much smaller impact, but <laughs> it is starting to grow, you know, and we're making some impact on local um, children and youth in foster care. And what the goal of it is, it's called the Circle Clinic because it's building resilience. It's called the acronym for comprehensive integration of resilience into child life experiences. So we brought mental health, behavior and development assessment, and care coordination, as well as family resources into one clinic with medical care, obviously. Anyway, so that's, that's what I do. That's my passion. And what's amazing about the two aspects of our passions, I think, is that we just kind of both came together with it. I'm, I'm forever grateful that we as a couple have decided to make this our point of philanthropy, I guess. I, I mean, it's part of why we wanted to speak to you because it was this organic connection and passion that you both shared with different skill sets and how powerful to hear the timing of when Ticket to Dream was starting to come together and you were in this space to observe these broader needs in the system, this care coordination. 
And Dale, we've talked a little bit about impact. And again, I think part of the reason we were excited to speak to you both today is that Ticket to Dream has had extraordinary impact from where you began with this this humble observation of needs in the space to now being a national nonprofit. And the stats we have is that over 2 million foster children have been served by Ticket to Dream partnering with over 200 nonprofit foster care agencies across all 50 states. Can you share a little bit about the approach that you've taken to creating scalable impact? The scalable impact is how we really looked at it is we need to engage more partners in order to scale. And so what we what we did is we looked at our partners across each state and we we got over 200 of them as as you said. But now how do we how do we make that really impactful? The 200 and the the kids they serve is impactful, but how do you make it even more impactful? And we do that by really working together with our partners to listen to them. What are the needs they're seeing? What is really the need that they have right now? And then we go out and find it for them. You know, if they need, you know, uh, you know first night kids, when those kids first come into, um, into foster care, unfortunately, they're brought in quite typically with uh, the county officer that went and got them and they're given a trash bag and they're told to put what they can take from home in. And they get five minutes to do that, and they come out, and then they're brought into the system with just trash bags full of what they grab. They don't have the toothbrush. They don't necessarily have the pajamas. They don't have their teddy bear. They don't have the things that they need or to feel comfortable, pajamas. So we work to, to get those items. Then we listen and see what more do they need. Disasters, you know, sadly, over the last several years, there's been hurricanes. There's been tornadoes and fires. This causes trauma. So we went out and found disaster relief funds to take care of this so we can quickly get these houses back up together. Then the other thing we do is we require all of our partners to share with us what their programs are. So when we're doing funding or we're giving them um, funds or items, we need to know what their program is. And then that is shared with all the other partners. So that somebody's doing something great in North Dakota they that gets to be used in um you know in Washington you know so it's that kind of scalability that helps us to actually make these programs more successful higher impact across the country by partnering everybody together and it also i just love i want to emphasize that point it's collaboration and not working in silos that ticket to dream accomplishes that is so beautiful i mean that's one thing that Gina Davis especially and their team I've created this amazing platform for that. And I really love that about Ticket to Dream. I just wanted to name Gina is the CEO, right, of Ticket to Dream? Correct. Yeah, Gina is the CEO. And she was just named a CEO um, two weeks ago, I guess, at our board meeting. I had decided to, to step aside to the CEO emeritus status. Still there, still active, still on the board. But she has done a phenomenal job, and it was time for her to take the reins and to, to really take off and really even help grow us even more because she's done a phenomenal job so far. And that's no small feat. Collaboration in the charitable spaces is is a work in itself. So that's, um, again, another... Absolutely. Like here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, co- yeah, the collaboration <laughs> component is the collaboration component was such a vital thing for me because I it was frustrating to see that there was a lack of collaboration. But we have really built a community now where the collaboration is the the main center part of what we do, and that's that's what attracts more people to us. Same with our, our business partners, the uh, you know from 
famous footwear, as I said, matches for Bombas, Title Nine. You know, you name it. Uh, we have all work financial. We have financial companies. We have real estate companies that all are participating um, and bringing bringing funds and items to help. So it's collaboration is, is the key to success. Right. And to the scale that you've been able to demonstrate. So I, I have one last question for the both of you, because this is a family advisor in philanthropy. So we love to hear how families work together on their charitable goals. And you've obviously demonstrated a clear passion for serving foster youth through strategic and focused philanthropy. What's it been like pursuing this shared philanthropic goal together? Katie, you spoke to it a moment ago, uh, but just a little bit more here. And, and have your children been involved with you in Ticket to Dream yeah. and some of your other philanthropic pursuits? Absolutely. I, I think, as I mentioned, it's been a blessing, beyond blessings, to be able to do this as a family. And I, our children have definitely been involved from the get-go I, at, in terms of in direct involvement with Ticket to Dream, they were able to do um, volunteer events. They would come do collections at different events and volunteer and help us with that. Um, and, but more directly, uh, I guess more formally, they became involved in our family philanthropy in 2011 when we established our own family foundation called Our Little Light Foundation um, outside of Ticket Stream. So it's a broader foundation and they're, they're family, they're part of a family advisory board. They're in, intimately involved in decision making on grant, um, distributions. They make, um, they review grants with us and it's a broader scope. It isn't just foster children. It's families and children at risk or in need of support in different areas of their lives. So it's a little bigger picture, um, but not a scale as ticket stream. So yeah, I think I, I would I would say that they are very much involved. I would just add that uh you know apparently it's had an impact uh as uh our daughter is getting her oh, PhD yes. in um in clinical uh um, psychology and Katie you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yes. She's getting her doctorate in um clinical psychology but her emphasis at the moment is quite a bit on trauma informed care for for children at risk or in foster care. So um, we'll see how that works out at the very end of her studies, but she definitely has a, a strong interest in um, adverse childhood experiences and how they impact um, foster children and uh, all children, actually. Um, so that's her studies right now. So that's definitely had that impact. And our son at this also, who's not involved in graduate studies, but he's, he's very charitable. I mean, he's one of the most generous people out there and he loves children. So I think both of our passions have kind of like infiltrated their work in some way. <laughs> That's a good infiltration. Gail, what about you? How has this experience of, of working with your wife and your and your children inspired you and just watching their engagement over the years? I guess what I would say is for me, having the family involved is the icing on the cake. It's just it's been such a blessing to watch our kids as they've grown up be part of this. You know, my my kids traveled with me up to Washington. We had a pajama bowl up there. They wore their pajamas to it. They do collections. They did all that. But then to see how they evolve as adults now um, is is just so heartwarming to know that we have passed on the the belief that, you know, we are very blessed. If we need to help others. How do we do that? 
and and how do you find um, a, a means to do that? And they're doing a great job of that. Working with Katie on this, you know, all these years, I mean, it's been fantastic because she teaches me every day. You know, from her side, she sees the actual clinical side and the medical side and, you know, things that I don't see. And I think I bring the business side to her. And uh, together we've been able, you know, to, together as a family, we've been able to to really hopefully make an impact and hopefully make a difference in the world because, you know, we that's what we want to do is make a difference in this world. I would just add two things to that, and that is our son-in-law is also involved, and he's also involved in our Little Life Foundation, and um, he's an amazing, generous human being as well. But the last thing I wanted to say is that I honestly, both Dale and I come from a background of there's a responsibility with wealth, and that when you are blessed enough to have what we have, we give it back. We, we try and find ways to give it back, and as Dale mentioned, and I and what I want to say ironically about this, and people don't believe me, but it is true that as generous as we can be, we seem to be recipients of benefit from that, even financially. Like, we'll give away things, and then we'll financially reap reward somewhere else. It's, it's amazing to me. I don't, I'm don't. i a woman of faith, so I believe that if there's a God involved in that, but to be honest, it's just incredible to watch. The other one last thing I'll have give for you is that what's also um, transpired is that our home office has become a, a become a a giving office. Our home office um, team came to me. They used to work for me at Sleep Train. They came back to work for me specifically because they wanted to work for our our family because we basically the money we make, as Katie said, we give away, and somehow we make more money, we give more away. You know, it's it's. Uh, what what our family office core values is as well. It's continued to be there, and that's been a blessing as well. I love that. It's, it's your principles in action in so many parts of your life. Dale and Katie, thank you so much for opening up and sharing your story with us today. It's inspiring to hear how you all complement each other, how generosity has to get generosity into your life in many ways and how you're living your legacy intentionally every day in, in your jobs and, and in your philanthropy. And that's having an impact with your family, uh, with your business, with your family office, and of course, the children that you're serving um, and supporting across the country. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I, I just want to say, if there's anybody who wants more information on how we did it or, or whatever, you can contact me through ticketadream.org um, or Gina and just let us know. But thank you, Shana, for the program you're doing. It's fantastic. Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And I also want to thank our listeners for sharing in this journey with Dale and Katie today. Each month, we will be publishing a new episode on Living Your Legacy, which we will explore inspiring stories like the one we just heard and how others have worked towards defining and contributing to their legacy. Take care. The information in this discussion has been prepared by and reflects the opinions and various investment views of the speaker. UBS Financial Services, Inc. has not independently verified such information and does not guarantee its accuracy or completeness. This information is being provided to you for your information purposes only and does not constitute a recommendation or an endorsement by UBS Financial Services, Inc. of the author, the securities, or views stated herein. Any specific security 
security is discussed should not be considered a recommendation or solicitation to buy or sell any particular security. You should not assume that any investment in any of the securities was or will be profitable. UBS Financial Services, Inc. or its affiliates and its employees are not affiliated with any third-party speakers mentioned. UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, different in material ways. We are governed by different laws and separate arrangements it is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.